It's hard getting John on the show this week. He's back from a week in Vegas. We know how he tears up Vegas. Uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're with us and not incarcerated. It's hard to do podcasts from jail or so I hear. I don't take these uh, moments for granted. Uh, getting back home in one piece from Vegas is uh, is not something that I do very well often. So I somehow squeeze between uh, the raindrops, which there are never any in Vegas, and got home okay, but uh, I beat all the odds in doing so. So let's talk some basketball. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is our basketball show at TalkNorth.com. Please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. And you can check out TalkNorth.com for all of our shows, outdoors, sports, variety. And again, if you like a show, subscribe to it. It's just the easiest way to listen. And again, completely free. We're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Thanks to our sponsors, Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, and AllEnergySolar.com. All right, so Anthony Edwards had a press conference. What did you make of what he had to say? Yeah, you know, it was a cool moment, Jim, uh, to be at in Vegas at his press conference. Um, you announcing this five-year contract that could be worth up to $260 million. He has a kind of very tight circle of people around him. His business manager, Justin Holland, uh, his big brother, Bubba, who um, is a kind of an aspiring uh, rap artist and has done shows in uh, at Target Center and and all these things, and is kind of with him wherever he goes. And I just, uh, you know, I asked him, asked Anthony to just reflect on the journey from being kids in a very tough upbringing in Atlanta, losing his grandmother and his mother at the age of 14 to cancer. And now here he is, a max player and, and, and a, you know, face of the, of the Timberwolves. And, and the first thing he said is he just wanted to thank Bubba, his brother, because, Ant was a big time football fan and and player when he was a young kid and he didn't really start getting into basketball until he saw his brother do it and he wanted to be like his brother. And so I talked to Ant, I talked to his brother and just kind of them sort of trying to soak in a little bit of how far they have come. Uh it was really cool. Like you could see that, you know, the Ant doesn't really get reflective very often. Um, he doesn't really o- cut open a vein uh, very much when he's, you know, when he's in his interviews. He's much more kind of funny, charismatic guy. But uh, this was a time for kind of soaking it up. And so to see the two of them really sort of come to the realization of what they have been building and how much it is starting to pay off is it was a, it was a cool moment to uh, to be a part of. He is still incredibly young. And now he has the massive contract. Now it is, you know, clear. I think we all saw it coming, but now it is clear in financial and mathematical terms that he is uh, the face of the franchise. Um, he, you know, with a couple of glitches last year as a player, just on the court, he seemed to handle it well. Do you think he's fully prepared to now be acknowledged as, you know, a superstar caliber player, face of the franchise, someone who's responsible for winning for the team. It seems like it, Jim. It seems like he's ready to sort of ascend to that spot and accept that responsibility because early on in his career when he was first drafted, um, he was very much deferential to Cat and to D'Angelo Russell, the two kind of max salary veterans on the team. Now he is essentially a max salary veteran. He's still young, but he's heading into his fourth season. He's been through the playoffs a couple of times. He's had some success there, even if the team has not. And so I do think that 
there is a part of him that is maybe a little bit more ready to step to the forefront in terms of leadership, in terms of using his voice. Um, I think he's getting more vocal and more demanding with his teammates, and he's getting to have a better feel for when to pull that trigger and when to kind of let kind of sit back and just let guys work through things on their own. Uh, he still has a, a a lot to learn in those regards and, and a lot to figure out as just a, you know, a kid who's turning 22 and in August, he's really, really young. Um, but I do think that there is that, that sense with him that it's maybe time to take a little bit more ownership of the situation and and have a little bit more influence. He's going to be on Team USA in, in the World Camp uh, in the World Cup, so that's that's a big step. I thought another thing that really stood out, Jim, was uh, over the weekend in Vegas. It wasn't just that he was a face of the franchise; it was that he's becoming a face of the league. He was participating on an ESPN panel that really unveiled the 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 in season tournament that they're going to have. He was with Steve Kerr and Trey Young and Wembenyama and and a bunch of really you know, high profile members of the league and Anthony Edwards was picked for that. And so um, I do think that it's, it's coming now. The attention is coming more rapidly and it's going to be up to him, to his circle and really to the Timberwolves to kind of help him handle that and navigate that. And, uh, and that's, that's always a big step for players as they kind of graduate from really good young player to, face of the franchise types and that's going to be how he handles that will be key to what the Timberwolves are going to do going forward here. So last summer, Timberwolves fans were incredibly excited about Edwards, the offseason workout videos, the the vibe that he was he was priming himself for a big year. And of course, all that uh, corresponded with the Gobert trade. Uh, and then, and then, you know, he put out the video with the gay slur. And then when he held a press conference about that at Timberwolves media day, you might differ. Uh, I felt like he was just saying the things he had to say to get through mm-hmm. it, that he wasn't all that remorseful about actually his, his views. Can you take us through uh, what, if anything, he learned from that? And if you ever have gotten any signs that he is has kind of evolved from that moment? Yeah, I think um, what I would say about that is uh, he definitely is young and he's still trying to figure all of that stuff out. I do know that he has announced that he's been do- he's doing some charity work with uh, gr- with kids and uh, young people kind of in that class that uh, that that he deeply offended with those remarks um, on, on, on Instagram. And so but he he definitely is not or has not been one to advertise sort of this. Uh, epiphany that he's had if he has had one which maybe he hasn't so he hasn't really gotten in depth into uh what he learned in that situation how he is changing he's he's spoken about it once or twice uh late in the season um but he does seem more like a person who is trying to move on from that and move forward and and not let that be kind of one of the things that follows him but one of the major parts of being a star like he is like he is becoming is understanding that all of that stuff does follow you all of the time and so I think that is one of the areas that he's really trying to 
or has to learn about and understand maybe a little bit more is like how many people are paying attention to what he says and what he does. Um, and I do think that from talking to people around him, he was surprised that there was such a strong reaction to that video. And that tells you a couple of things. One is he did not realize at all the severity of what he said. And two, he did not realize how many people are sort of hanging on his every word. And I, I, if there is an anecdotal thing to relay on how things have changed at least a little bit for him is we do not see him going on Instagram live quite as often as he used to uh, before that incident and really kind of um, before he was he was put into uh, put under big scrutiny for his uh, for 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 his actions there. And I mean, we still see it from time to time. But prior to that, he was on there all the time. And he was doing some funny stuff and some foolish stuff and, and all sorts of uh, crazy things. But it's much more selective now. And maybe he's being a little bit more careful about you know, putting everything out there all of the time. We've seen his friend John Morant struggle with that. Um, and I think that Ant is is maybe learning that less is more in, in some of the in some of those cases. In terms of basketball, uh, he did have a breakthrough last year. He was a spectacular player. Is there more he can do? Where can he improve if he can improve from here? Yeah, I think that you know, one thing that both Chris Finch and Tim Connolly said in the press conference uh, on Monday was that you know they think that he still has a lot to improve upon. And, and that is what gives them comfort and, and confidence in bestowing a, a deal like this on him. He has to be more consistent defensively. There are, there are moments in games where he really locks in and becomes a very difficult defender to deal with. But then there are still plenty of portions of games where he is caught sleeping a little bit. I think especially they want him to up his rebounding game. This is a terrible rebounding team, and they need Anthony Edwards to be more active and more physical on the boards and more consistent that way. There just aren't enough games right now where he's getting eight, nine, ten boards a game. Um, and and so they need his help attacking the glass, especially on the def defensive glass, and kind of getting out in transition um they will also be looking for him to come into camp in better shape than he did uh last season now he was very uh optimistic and very confident in the work that he was putting in last off season but when he showed up and started playing in the preseason and early in the regular season he's told us several times that uh he's got to get in better shape he's got to get in better shape and one of the things he has always marveled at with uh, about Steph Curry is just how he is able to stay in constant motion throughout a game and wear other defenses down. And so Edwards has to work on that conditioning end, the diet and the conditioning to get himself in the type of shape to play 36, 37, 38 minutes a game and not lose steam as it goes along. And I do think that playing in the World Cup this uh, this fall will help him come into camp in really good shape because he'll be playing quite a bit, playing a lot of games, playing highly competitive games. 
and um, and that should help things. But uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of areas for him to improve. He can become a better three point shooter. Um, he can become a better decision maker. So um, while everyone I think is super excited about what they have seen from him so far, I do think that there is a definite understanding that it's only this can only be the beginning for Anthony Edwards. They need him to continue taking leaps like he took last season. Let's get to Miller, Minot, Summer League, and maybe some talk about the stacked NBA Western Conference. Uh, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. We want to thank longtime sponsor TSR Injury Law. We'll get Steve Terry back on the show here soon. He's so much fun to have on. 612-TSR-TIME. That's all you need to know. If you're injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. They will either help you or send you in the right direction if they and they will only charge you if they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they're such a success story. They take care of people, they win cases, and they have benefited from it uh, to the point where they can sponsor the show. It's a great deal for everybody. 612-TSR-TIME. also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All Energy Solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. Find out more about going solar at allenergysolar.com slash coach, or just go to allenergysolar.com and find out everything you need about solar and how it can benefit you and your business. Uh, thanks again to Aquarius Home Services Studio. All right, so tell me, uh, what, what was your impression? I mean, I don't really care much about summer league stats, but what was your general impression of, about of Miller, Minot, and anybody else who jumped out at you at summer league? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about it in the last episode, but um, but I do think that you know, after seeing a couple of games now, a little bit more of a sample size, you are seeing Josh Minot uh, approach these games with a real competitiveness and a real edge. Um, he has clearly shown up to summer league trying to make an impression to wedge himself into what is going to be a very crowded rotation. Um, there right now, as it stands, when you look at the roster, there's not a, an obvious pathway for Minot to get, you know, 18 minutes a game. Um, and so I think that, you know, he has come in here and is trying to be really competitive and really intense and show that they're, is a side to him defensively that will benefit the Timberwolves in the regular season. He's guarding the team's best wing players. Um, he has taken that challenge. And then he's just kind of carrying himself with a with a real edge. I mean, uh, there was a moment in the first game um, where he was interviewed, I think, at halftime or during the game, and the sideline reporter introduced him as Josh Minot. And then later, and then later asked him in that interview, what is he trying to to show here at Summer League? And he's he said, you know, with all due respect, I'm trying to get it to so where people call me Josh Minot, basically saying, <laughs> I hope I get to a point where people get my name right. And 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 that kind of a thing uh is kind of does kind of stick with me. Like he he has talked a lot about being disrespected. He's talked a lot about having to earn a lot more. Uh, playing time and things like that. And I think that is benefiting him both in the work that he's done this summer back in Minnesota and then certainly what he's done on the court. You're seeing some versatility. You're seeing especially some some really good defensive efforts. And and that's been a big plus for him um, in the early stages of this. 
Is there any parallel? It's the easy parallel, but is it accurate? Is there any parallel between him and uh, Zach Levine? Um, I would say, you know, in terms of the athleticism and kind of you needing to use that bounce to kind of get people to notice them and 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 establish them. Yeah, I think that is there there's something there as that being the bedrock of what they do and why they both um got chances in the league. I mean, Zach Levine was a lottery pick and and Minot was a second rounder, but Levine did not, you know, was a sixth man at UCLA and and it was the athleticism that really got flipped to to really be enamored with him. Now, Levine is more of a true shooting guard, um, certainly a, you know, a just super pure shooter where Minot doesn't shoot the ball at all um, or anywhere near what what Zach does. But he does use his athleticism to get to the rim and, and Minot's a little bit bigger than Levine as well. And so he can be more of a rim protector um, and, and a shot blocker, things like that. So um, so there there's something to be said there of just using that athleticism to their advantage, but then both of them kind of really needing to learn the nuances of the game and, and, and be able to apply that athleticism effectively for them to get to, to get real, real time on the court. And how did Miller look to you? Uh, Miller looked really good. Uh, and, and it wasn't just me, Jim. I was talking to a bunch of scouts and a bunch of, of, of coaches and stuff who I, who I bumped into with other teams and, and uh, there was just a lot of talk about how fluid Leonard Miller looks. Now, he is still a very raw prospect. He has kind of some shot mechanic issues. Um, there are things that he is working through, uh, but he is 19 years old. And the just overall physical tool uh, belt that he has is really, really impressive. I mean, he's a legit 6'9", 6'10", super long arms, uh, plays very hard on both ends, and does have skill to him. He's hit more threes than I thought he was going to hit. Um, he he passes the ball pretty well, and um, and he just seems to be one of those guys that, you know, you're watching these games, and they can be a little ragged, and they can be a little uh, a little rugged, but it takes you three minutes to to watch this game and and say, well, that that guy doesn't belong on this court. He stands out, and so uh, I think they have a lot to build on there. And um, and talking to Wolves people uh, in the front office, the coaching staff, I mean, they are really excited about what they have in Leonard Miller. There's there's just a lot of optimism that you know within the next two years he can really emerge as someone that helps them out rebounding that is super athletic, which they do not have a lot of super athletic guys and is going to give them a physical presence and size that they, that they don't have right now. And so uh, there's a lot of high hopes for him, kind of what we've seen in summer league and, and, and certainly good what's going to happen going forward here. Now let's get back to something you said earlier in the show about this being a bad rebounding team with Gobert, with towns who, Gets a lot of rebounds, even if he's not technically a great rebounder. With Edwards, McDaniels, shouldn't this be a good rebounding team? It, it should, yes. Now, there's several aspects of why it hasn't. I mean, Towns missed a bunch of time last year, so that that hurts things. But also, um, when you look at, when you watch this team try to rebound last year, I do think that there were times where, 
they just kind of expected Rudy to grab every rebound. And it was like, hey, I don't need to crash the boards because Rudy will get it. And Rudy still had a great rebounding season. He was still top five in in, in the league in rebounds. Um, so he was grabbing a ton of boards, but he was not getting much help. And part of it was Towns being out. McDaniels should get more rebounds, but he is often glued to the best perimeter scorer. And so a lot of times he's not near the rim to grab those rebounds. Um, uh, Edwards needs to be better at, 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 at and more consistent at grabbing rebounds. I do think they they ha- also had a slight tick upward last season when Mike Conley joined the team because Conley has kind of a nose for those long rebounds. They were getting killed, Jim, when it would be uh, a shot that bounced off the rim, sort of out of the reach of Rudy and landed in no man's land, kind of around the elbow. And and they constantly were getting beat uh, by just more hustle from the other team chasing those rebounds down. And uh, Mike Conley change some of that. And I think he will continue to change that in just understanding where the ball is going, how hard you have to go after it, not letting it hit the ground um, in that intermediate area. And so that's an improvement, but, um, but they do just have a long way to go in terms of finding consistency across the board, especially in their starting lineup. And they, they have the, the talent, they have certainly the size to do it. It's just now a matter of understanding where everyone's going to be on the floor and helping each other out rather than just kind of sitting back and uh, you know, expecting Rudy to get it so you can get out and 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 run in, in transition. I know I had a brilliant question and it has, <laughs> it has just departed me. Um, okay, let's 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 take it back to uh, to Vegas to wrap up this show. Next week, I do want to get into a topic that has been brewing in my head for a while, which is the the Wolves. You know, I think they're set up to have a good season, but they're also facing a much tougher Western Conference, at least in my eyes. We'll see what John thinks about that next week. For this week, I want to thank Brandon Morton, uh, our producer, uh, Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, and thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. So so wrap up the, the Vegas experience for me. Was it all work? Did you have any fun? And I mean, I, I love Vegas the way I do Vegas, but it sounds mm-hmm. like you just don't like Vegas, period. I, I though, here's what I like about Vegas. I will say this. I, I enjoy two things. One is I really do enjoy being in the gym, not only watching the games, but also there is this sort of to, to set the scene. There are two gyms that the, the teams play at. It's Thomas and Macarena where UNLV plays their games. And then there is a connected small, much smaller gym called Cox Pavilion right next to it. And they're connected through a corridor um, of sort of concessions and stuff like that. And so I love to wander those halls because you'll run into agents, you'll run into executives, you'll run into scouts, you'll run into all sorts of people. And it's always, it's, it's a million conversations a day of just bumping into someone. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what do you hear about this? Hey, what do you think about this? And there's so much organic basketball conversation that happens in those areas. And then, you know, in the casinos at night when you run into someone that I I do love that part of it. Um, um, I also really do enjoy that it is a very social uh, place. And so just like, you know, being there with um, with our colleagues, being there with with uh, team officials and stuff and just being able to grab a drink, grab a grab a bite to eat 
and and uh, and catch up that way uh, is really really fun. Um, but in general, I mean, going from 112 degrees outside to 65 degrees in the in the casinos, um, paying fourteen dollars for a beer um, at a at a casino bar, um, you know, not being able crazy as it sounds, Jim, not being able to find food open at past 10 p.m. in in some places in Vegas, unless you want to pay $95 for a steak. Um, you know, that that kind of stuff I can definitely live without. And um, and I'm happy to be back home. But the 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 overwhelming thing to me though that that is amazing is there is no other place where you can look down at your watch and see that it's 3 a.m. and be like, oh shit, already? <laughs> I mean it the night gets away from you very, very quickly, and they can turn into some very long days. But, uh, but uh, in general, I enjoy being around people like that and being social. But uh, I, you know, I would much rather do it in a, in another city for sure. Good stuff from John. Thank you. Thanks to Brandon. Thank you all for listening. We do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week.